0: Hey folks, and welcome to the Blue Light podcast. This is the place to discover all you need to know about the police recruitment process. I'm Brendan from Blue Light, and over the past several years, I've been coaching and supporting people for the police recruitment process. A good 4,000 plus people are now in the police service as a result of my support. I show them the way they do the hard work. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about uh, something that's very, very current In England and Wales and and certainly I should imagine as well in Northern Ireland and in Scotland and probably in the rest of the world and that's the changes in police recruitment that are having to take place because of the Covid-19 pandemic. Now I've spoken about this before but it's a hot topic and a lot of my clients are asking questions about how they can uh, adapt and change for what's probably going to look very much like a virtual assessment centre. Already many forces are doing their final interviews using things like Skype, Microsoft Teams, Zoom. But the challenge now is going beyond just an interview. Because certainly in England and Wales, the recruitment process has also involved an assessment centre, which has involved written exercises, observational exercises, a collaborative exercise where you work with another candidate, and the two key parts, an interview and role plays. So those role plays uh, were traditionally set in a uh, shopping centre, uh, in a mythical shopping centre, where they put you in the role of a customer services officer at a shopping centre, the Westshire Shopping Centre. And, and this was the uh, basis of the, uh, the, the the biggest marks that went into the search assessment centre. Uh, Many would say it's completely ridiculous that we are assessing our future police officers based on their ability to be a customer services officer at a shopping centre that doesn't exist, with role players that show no signs of emotion and have got about 20 lines and they can't move from those lines at all. Now, the day one assessment centre, which was the new pilot assessment centre being trialled by the Met Police over the past year or so, that had two role plays in it. Those two role plays were where you were taking on the part of a police officer. And a huge improvement, a huge improvement. But a lot of my clients now are saying, so how are we going to transfer our skills that we've developed for dealing with the search assessment centre to the virtual assessment centre, which we believe now is going to be based on the day one? How am I going to do that? Well, look, you're in good hands, folks, because over 30 plus years, Um, I've been developing my own models of how you can deal with certain situations and how you can communicate in certain ways with people. But they're all an amalgam of a huge number of models and communication theory and communication styles that I picked up, not just from the police sector, but also from person-centered counselling, the world of neuro-linguistic programming. Big up to Dr. Paul McKenna and Dr. Richard Bandler. Uh, dr richard bandler the originator of nlp i did a course with them about 20 years ago uh, a week-long course absolutely amazing uh, learning the intricacies of how they developed and also apply uh, the theories and the practice of neuro-linguistic programming programming and so much more as well motivational interviewing um, uh, dealing with conflict a whole range of structures and models and i put them all together for my clients and all they need to do is take those and just apply them in a completely different scenario. It doesn't matter whether you've got a role player in front of you who is complaining about a problem at a shopping centre or a role player in front of you who's complaining to you in your role as a police officer about a noisy neighbour or the children the children next door, or uh, whatever the problem might be. We're going to use a problem-solving technique called Kudse, Called KUDSA. Uh, KUDSA is a non-contact conflict management model which comes from the police sector. I've just adapted it a lot over the years to help people manage role-play scenarios. And actually, the feedback I get from serving officers once they're in is that this is a really good technique for dealing with non-contact conflict issues, problems, full stop. You know, they've not been introduced to it by their force, but they find that they're keeping the training going that they've had with me beyond the recruitment process into their professional lives as police officers. So what does Kudsa stand for? I'm going to explain to you in this podcast a, a little bit about One of the techniques that we use, it's the foundation technique for dealing with any role play scenario. I don't care whether it's shopping centre, policing scenario, doesn't really matter. I use it all the time outside of my policing career. It's just a really good problem solving technique where you're dealing with other people. So the C stands for confront, the U stands for understand, the D stands for define and summarise. The S stands for solutions, the A stands for assess and monitor, and the R stands for result. And I'll skip through those a little bit just to give you an explanation and a bit of an insight into how we actually use this as a foundation for dealing with any kind of problem with any kind of role player. So the first part is a confront. This is where we are going to make it really clear who we are, uh, what the purpose of us being there is, and what you intend to do so you're setting up this roadmap of what's going to happen during the interaction and there's a script to this you know it's the same script that I've been using for decades as a police officer it's you know it's something that I can't forget so all I've done is I've developed that script into one that you can use for any kind of scenario. So you're getting straight into it and and this is what the role player wants to see. It's what the assessors want to see. They want to see that you're being really clear about who you are, what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, and then introducing each stage of the process. It's a very systematic structured approach to solving a problem. Then we get to the understanding phase. I'm going to give you a bit of a freebie here because one of the Um, first questions we'll ask all the time every time and this comes from the peace interview package when you become detectives many of you will do the peace training and it's a question that we would ask in any interview with a victim a witness or indeed a suspect to a crime and it's this we'll ask the question what happened actually we're going to go one step further we're going to Ted Pye We're going to TED-Pie it. Look it up on Google, see if you can find TED-Pie. It's one of the things that comes from the world of detectives. Uh, They're very secretive about it, but um, I've shared it with many of my clients over the years and i found it very, very useful. Basically, it stands for tell me, explain, describe precisely, in detail, um, uh, exactly. So what we're going to do is we're going to, you can interchange those, and we're going to take what happened, because what happened is a bit bland. And so we're going to change that and we're going to say, please can you explain to me exactly what happened when? And you're going to put a parameter on it. So that's your very first question. And what you'll get off the role player then is what we call in the detective training, free recall. Now, free recall with a witness or a victim or a suspect could last for 15 minutes. where it'll just regurgitate everything that's happened in no particular order it'll be all over the place it'd be chaotic but whilst they're talking to you about what happened they'll be identifying little topics that you want to explore later on so you'll be making little records of the topics that they're telling you about but it's not going to be that difficult because this is just a role play to get into the police so they'll mention a few things and then they'll give you the opportunity to ask lots of questions because that is a key Behavioral competency that they are looking for, your ability to ask questions in a structured, systematic way, and ask good quality questions as well. So, I don't want to hear multiple questions. I don't want to hear closed questions. Did you? Could you? Because all they will result in is a yes or a no. A closed question will just get a closed answer, a yes or a no. Whereas, if you ask a closed question of most people, they kind of understand what you're after and they want to please with you because they want to engage in a conversation with you. So they will give you an open question answer to your closed question. Now, I don't think they'll do that at the role plays at the assessment centres. I think they'll be quite strict about this. If you ask a question that deserves a yes or a no, a closed question, they will give you a yes or a no and then that'll be it. And it'll feel really strange because I've done this with hundreds of people when we've practiced and they've asked me a closed question and I've just looked at them and just gone no and it stumps them because they don't know what to do with that silence after because they're expecting more because they're used to more because that's kind of how we communicate if you listen on the news you'll hear um, the uh, reporters the journalists asking multiple questions of people being interviewed now they'll be very unforgiving of that at the assessment centre one question at a time this is so important folks especially if once you're out there in the policing landscape if you're asking questions of people who are confused traumatized if you ask two or three questions they don't know which one to answer first one question at a time and we also use another technique as well which is called simple to complex and it's a really simple concept you ask the really simple questions first and then you start to ask the deeper questions towards the end. You wouldn't start off an interview by saying, so why do you think they did that? You wouldn't You wouldn't do that with a role player. Well you might do it at the assessment centre, but you're not going to score nearly as highly as you would if you asked some of the simple questions like, when exactly did this take place? Where exactly? did this take place? So nice, simple questions first, and then we're gonna develop it into the far more complex ones. Um, There's a lot more to it though, you know, uh, on my courses I provide, oh my goodness, uh, 20, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, huge blocks of modules on just asking questions because as well as simple to complex, we also look at ways to probe vague statements. We look at active listening So demonstrating to the assessor that you are actually listening to the role player and everything they're saying. And there's a technique to do that as well. And we're also going to demonstrate that we have empathy for the situation that the role player is in. We're going to check in with their feelings. And this is the first stage of what I call the five levels of feelings. Now, Google that. You won't find it anywhere. It's just something I've developed over the years I've taken bits of motivational interviewing theory, bits of neuro-linguistic programming, um, and bits of debriefing technique that I picked up when I looked at things like uh, Kolb's experiential learning cycle. See, I'm full of models and structures, but you don't need to worry about all of that. All you need to know is that there's five levels of feelings which you can introduce into any role play. Uh, the first one, in the understanding phase, where, is where you'll ask the question, so how's all of this made you feel? Actually, you're not going to ask it like that, because if you ask it like that, it's a little bit um, dull, isn't it? You know, how did all of this make you feel? It's a bit dull. So we're going to ask the question in a completely different way. We're going to ask the question, um, so this must be incredibly traumatic for you. I can't even begin to understand how all of this has impacted on you. So how's this situation made you feel? See, it's different, isn't it? As opposed to just, how's this made you feel? We're, we're going to really demonstrate that we fully empathise with the individual that we're speaking to. So we're going to wrap up the understanding phase by asking questions about their, their views of how they want this issue dealing with. And that's just really good practice in policing anyway. Always seek the views of the victim or the witness and to find out You know, how would you like me to deal with this on your behalf? And there's ways of asking that as well. So you see, asking questions—the understanding phase—is far more complicated than you initially may have thought. It's the bulk of the kudsa. It's the bulky part of kudsa. So now we're going to get into define and summarize. This is where we're going to give a really, really quick summary of what's happened. And check in with the role player that you've understood what has happened correctly. Um, And it's also the time to mention any policies or guidance that you may have or uh, any offences if you are dealing with any offences. But I don't think they're going to go that far, actually, because they are not going to put you in a situation where you've got to have knowledge of police powers but they may give you some kind of guidance some local guidance some local policy on how you deal with certain types of situations what your division or borough would expect because remember in this role play you're a police officer now now we want to move into our solutions phase and one of the things i advocate that you look at in terms of solutions is something to carry out some form of enforcement and then prevention and then advocacy. So I'll explain a little bit about those now. Uh, enforcement, well, whatever it is that's happening needs some direct action now to deal with it. It needs some direction now or very soon to deal with it. Um, and from there, we are coming up with solutions that outline how we are going to prevent the thing happening uh, in the future so there's no point in just carrying out the same enforcement day in day out week in week out month in month out if you're not going to do something to prevent the thing that's happening happening again so we want to stop it and then we want to go beyond that and do something to get them involved in their community and that's the advocacy part what are you going to do to help build strong community now, this is something I did as a neighbourhood inspector. Every time we did a, a search warrant or every time we took some form of enforcement action, we would always do something hand in hand with that to try and prevent that problem ever occurring again. Because it just struck me as completely insane to keep doing enforcement, keep doing enforcement, keep doing enforcement and expect the problem that you're trying to enforce um, uh, out of the community to go away. And you'll hear lots of senior officers and police officers talk about this, that the complex social problems that we're faced with today, you can't arrest yourself out of them. You need to do something to prevent them happening. And there's a whole field of research that's come up um, around this called uh, early intervention. So the early intervention part is uh, seeing what you can do to prevent that problem occurring in the first place. And that'll need you to identify the causes of the problem, um, and for the wicked, complex social problems, and I'll talk about wicked problems in policing another time, uh, to get to the causes of the causes. What are you going to do to get to the causes of the causes of the problem? Uh, really looking deeply into the issue, pulling it apart from all sorts of different directions to really understand what's going on. And the adv- advocacy part, we're going to look for some solutions about how we can get those individuals, the individual, the role player we're dealing with, involved in community and finding solutions to that problem um, from a community perspective. Now I'll do some um, podcasts about that in the future because it's far deeper uh, than we've got time to explain now and I'll give you some case studies as well so you can kind of hang your hat on something so it's not just this uh, abstract idea. But EPA, Enforcement Prevention Advocacy, that's something you won't find on Google neither because it's something I developed in my role as a neighbourhood inspector. Um, One of the things I talk about with my clients is uh, the five golden solutions. So five golden solutions which I used um, so much uh, as a neighbourhood inspector to, one, enforce, prevent and the advocacy side. And you can apply them to just about any kind of problem. Uh, we've taken those from the world of the uh, Neighbour Policing to the world of the Westshire Shopping Centre um, for the Search Assessment Centre and now we're bringing them back into policing again for the virtual Day One Assessment Centre. So, five golden solutions. Shall I share some with you now? Why not? Why not? Um, one of them, one of the first one actually is a very obvious one. We're going to task up uh, some of our fellow officers, uh, PCSOs, if it was a search assessment centre, we'd be talking about the security officers, to patrol the area concerned at the times mentioned on a regular basis to enforce whatever it might be, or to ensure that people aren't doing whatever the issue is. But we can go beyond that as well, as opposed to just saying uh, our police officers... Um, because the temptation is, by the way, to say, I will do all of this myself. No, 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 no. You are not going to take personal responsibility for delivering all the solutions. You're going to start off the solutions phase by saying something like, I'm going to take personal responsibility for, and then you talk about the people who you're going to task up to do things for you. So the very first of the five golden solutions is you'd say something like this. So I'm going to take personal responsibility for tasking up the PCSOs for this area. If you are not from England or Wales, the United Kingdom, that's police community support officers. They work alongside the police. They're part of the police service. So I'm going to task up the PCSOs for that area to carry out patrols during the times you've mentioned at the location you've mentioned alongside local officers from, and then you could, depending on what the situation is, you could have council officers, environmental officers, licensing officers, housing officers what you're doing is you're demonstrating that you can task up more than just the police you're going to task up the appropriate organization partner agency from the community to work alongside the police to prevent whatever it is from happening to enforce whatever it is whether that would actually happen in reality or not doesn't matter you're just demonstrating that you can task people up to do things in partnership with others so there you go there's the first of the five golden solutions. You'll love the other four. You'll love the other four. But I'm teasing you a little bit here, aren't I? Because to discover the other four, of course, you've got to become a, a blue light client and uh, get engaged in one of our online courses or webinar based uh, courses. Uh, last part of CUDSA for you, assess and monitor. Again, there's a script because if you are tasking people up to do things, you can then start talking about how you're going to get those people you've tasked up to report back to you on a daily basis and there's a killer part of this where you're going to look to meet with the role player on a regular basis and you're going to seek feedback from them as to how they feel the police and partners have been dealing with this issue on their behalf one of the uh, five levels of feelings also comes in here the second level uh, which is where you're going to ask them, how do you feel about these solutions? How do you feel about these solutions? And the other three get a little bit more complex. And once again, you know, you've got to be one of my clients. Oh, you'll love the fifth one. The fifth one, oh my goodness, it's just amazing. And I've used it as a neighborhood inspector to completely silence very feisty community meetings. It's worked so well oh I can't wait to tell you about it I've told so many people about it they love it and they've used it in the role plays and it's been the past they've seen the, they've seen the role players look at them as if to say I, I don't even know what to say to that um, it's a killer question uh, so the last part is the result so what's the result going to be and what is your vision for the result what's it going to look and feel like in a month's time in six months time or in four days time whatever it is depending what the scenario is so there you go, folks. A quick hop, skip and jump through uh, the uh, mo- It's an outstanding problem solving methodology and uh, one that you may want to adapt and use in your own personal life as well. I certainly use it when I've got a complaint or an issue uh, that I want to have addressed with a service provider or someone who I've bought something off. Uh, a great technique. So I hope you enjoyed that and got uh, a lot out of it. I could talk forever about these things. I just love this stuff. And I love developing it as well. So things like the five golden solutions, the five levels of feelings, the questioning mantra, which my clients walk around saying all the time. So so it's ingrained in their DNA. Um, I love to come up with things like this, ways to help you through your assessment centre. And these are ways also that are going to help you throughout your policing career, because I'm just passing on 30-something years worth of experience um, and knowledge and understanding to you so that you can use it not just at the assessment centers and the recruitment process but beyond that as well so if you'd like to join in that conversation and be part of that conversation, then please do check out the on Facebook the blue light police recruitment support group if you just go to Facebook groups and look for that the uh, blue light police recruitment support group ask to join over ten thousand people. Oh my goodness, over 10,000 people are now members of that group. We are fast approaching 11,000. I wonder if we can get to 20,000 by the end of 2020. That would just be incredible. So please do ask to join that group. And uh, once you're there, you can ask about the other services I provide. You know, the the uh, online courses, the fantastic interactive webinars, um, the final interview, the police interview, package which i've developed where i've taken sort of like i said 30 something years worth of knowledge and understanding and condensed it into this course which is about to launch and of course those members of the group they've got sort of beta access to it at the moment and i'm getting some great feedback from it as well so loads of stuff to help support you throughout the process um next week what am are going to talk about? I don't know yet because it's such a changing world. I'm not quite sure what next week's podcast is going to be. But thanks all, th- thank you for all the feedback that you've given me about these podcasts. Um, every day I'll hear something from you about how you've enjoyed the podcast. If you've got any ideas about things I can podcast about, then please do get in touch. It's info at blue light consultancy all one word, com. so that's info at blue dot com. drop me a line i'd love to hear from you there's one thing i do love it's it's hearing from those people who are at the receiving end of these podcasts and videos are put on youtube and all the other resources are put out there so listen we're still in the pandemic so i'm going to ask you wish you to stay at home stay at home save our nhs or if you're living in another part of the world, NHS stands for National Health Service, uh, save your own hospitals and their ability to treat people who've got the coronavirus. Save lives. I'm looking forward to the next podcast. I shall speak to you soon. Bye-bye for now.